Dear Lord, thank you for this day, for your love, for your word. Thank you for the anointing that breaks every yoke. Thank you for your precious truth. Thank you for guiding me as I am entrusted with your precious word today and imparting your truth to your children. Uh, Something I take very seriously, Lord. I know that uh, I can do nothing apart from you, so let it be you and not me, Lord. Anything that is of me, Lord, let it go in one ear and out the other. Everything that is of you, Lord, let it take root and bear fruit in their hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, uh, the Holy Spirit has a way of pinpointing our fears. And they manifest in lots of different ways. You know, anger is really fear most of the time. So it's like an onion, like pride, layers of an onion. (laughs) So many different layers, you know. But the Holy Spirit has a way, a perfect way of pinpointing our fears. And the reason for doing that is not to point them out. We were in Florida one time in a conference and this... Apostle, I do air quotes, not trying to mock any servant of God. God bless them. But they walked right up to my wife on the front row and said, You're full of fear. And just walked off. Never said anything about it. Never prayed to help free her of it or anything like that. And uh, we were baby Christians at the time. Baby real Christians, I would say. And... Uh, and I even I knew right then that that was wrong. And then scripturally, I saw it more and more as I grew, you know. But he's not like that. The Holy Spirit isn't like that. If he pinpoints our fears to us or to someone praying for us, it's to help us, you see. And because those fears will can be hindering you from receiving his provision for you, you see? And it could both be for healing, it could be for guidance, it could be for other things. And, uh, you know, it's important that we were talking about last week, what was the name? We said, How, how's it going? Remember? I think all of you were here last week. How's it going? You know, and it was like your answer to that question has everything to do with how you receive from God. If you answer in the negative or in the positive, you know, if you if you answer based on your situations and circumstances and the things that you can see and hear with your natural senses, or if you answer based on what God says in his word about you and the provision and the promises he's made, no matter what you're going through. If you answer in the affirmative because you have God on your side, you're not a part of the uh, the, uh, the the ten uh, spy network that were negative, that cost them 40 years in the desert, but you're part of the, the JC network, the Joshua and Caleb network, or Jesus Christ network, because they were believers. They were believers in God. They said... 
Good things, right? We want to be part of that. Our confession needs to be good. So what God would ask you regarding that, how's it going? If you've considered it this week, which I asked you to do, to answer it yourself, and then do the checkup from the neck up to test whether you be in the faith and, and deal with it between you and God. But he's asking now that if you, if you still have a, a sort of that grocery list that you carry around or a laundry list of negatives, he wants you to get rid of that list. Amen. Amen. Get rid of your list. Get rid of your list of problems and then begin to confess the word of God. Amen. Amen. And then don't limit God. Don't limit God. Don't limit God by putting him in a box on that on the that by a time frame. For answered prayer or uh, uh, how he's going to provide. Okay. Just receive. Just, just be patient. Use your imagination in a godly way to get a give your faith a target. Begin to see the manifestation of your the prayer, the things that you're believing for. See them. That gives your faith a target. You see, that's a godly imagination, not a evil imagination. Okay. That will help you. And I think I just needed to say those things. I think the Lord was saying that before I get into today's message because if if you will let him, God wants to help you in every way. Amen. Amen. He wants to help you with all these things, and I think this message will help you in every way if you allow him. I think every message. <laughs> but <laughs> this this is about knowing our true identity in Christ. Amen? Amen. We talk about it all the time, and I think this passage of Scripture puts it into great perspective and lays it all out there. You know, you all know, uh, uh, or maybe familiar with what they call the Roman Roman road to salvation. Uh, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, and Romans 10.9. And if you just know those three scriptures and you don't know anything else, you know, and uh, and you want to know how to lead somebody to the Lord, you should go to those three scriptures. Romans 3.23, 6.23, and 10.9. That's the Romans road. But I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking about you and your new identity and sort of a Roman recipe or a Roman... Uh, guide to your prosperity as a as a believer in the Christian life as a pilgrim and sort of the pilgrim road uh, as you would call it I would just call this living free living free is what I would call it and it has a lot to do with knowing your true identity in Christ and it all leads up to a wonderful and powerful uh, promise of God. Amen. Amen. So first I'm just going to read the Romans 6. Starting at the first verse. And going all the way through the 14th verse. And then I'm just going to summarize. And that's going to be the message. Okay. 
Romans 6, 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For who, for one who has died has been set free from sin. <clears throat> now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness, for sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your precious word. Let's break this up into some, some points. These scriptures, verses 1 through 3, talk about the fact that we have died to sin. You died to sin. How? Well, we were crucified with Christ. Now, the natural man cannot receive the things of God. You, these, are, these have to be spiritually discerned. Only, these are, these, are, these are things that God has hidden in His Word for you. These are treasures. These are wonderful truths that God has placed in His Word for your benefit, for, for you. To find, not to hide from you. Amen. Amen. But they have to be spiritually understood. So I believe everyone in here belongs to the Lord. And so you should have no trouble receiving from God. Come on in. So we died to sin. How? When we were crucified with Christ. Good chance to get a drink of water here. That's okay. You got it. You got it. 
Alright. So we died to sin. You say, how did I die to sin? Well, it answered that in the next verse. We were crucified with Christ. So our old self, that old rebel, that old man, that old nature died in Christ on the cross. Amen. Then it says, we were buried with Him. How were we buried with Him? In baptism. It starts all the way back in the Old Testament when they went through the Red Sea and they came out. New life, right? Same with us. He asked us to be baptized with water just as it's an outer expression of an inner commitment or change that's already taken place. It's just representative of us going down into the grave and coming up new. Amen? It's a picture, a type and shadow, as it were, of a spiritual reality that's already taken place. That rebel died with Christ on the cross. You have to wrap your mind around this because the significance of the cross is enormous. But that empty tomb makes it all real. The death on the cross proved his humanity. The resurrection proved his divinity. Verses 4 and 5 says that we were united with him in his resurrection. So we've shared this resurrection life with Jesus. Just like every, every human being ever born since Adam and Eve were of that seed of Adam, everyone that has received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior have been born of Christ. That spiritual seed, that seed. See, God only sees two men in the whole world, really. He sees Adam, and he sees the second Adam, or the last Adam, Jesus. Fallen man, redeemed man. You're, you're the latter. Amen? Amen? This is helping us to identify as such. And if we can, it'll help us in every way. To receive from God by believing God and believing who we really are and what we really have in God. Amen? Verses 6 and 8, 6 through 8, they, they tell us the practical successive consequences of us identifying with Jesus in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection. All three are imperative. Verse 6 says, the body of sin is rendered powerless. Why? It was crucified with Christ. Uh, you have to see yourself just like when we take communion I say I want you to see every bad thing every negative thing whether it's physical or emotional or whatever else on that cross with him 
And then I want you to see it taken down into the grave with him. And then when he got up, he was free of it all. The Bible says that you are seated right now in heavenly places. Where? At the right hand of the Father in majesty. You are, see, you are in Christ. You are seated with him. In heavenly places. I know that for the natural mind, this is not something that can be attained. But I know... You know, and, and, and it's like, man, I just want to go to church. I'm not trying to go to Bible school. Well, listen, this will help you. This will help you in every way. This is what, this is what the church needs. The next thing it says that we are no longer slaves to sin. Why is that such a good thing? Well, in the world we live in, I know uh, in a woke society, which is really uh, sleep and dead, that uh, I may not be entitled to talk about these sort of things. But I'm telling you, I have uh, the authority of Jesus Christ to speak on his behalf. And I'm telling you that the worst kind of slavery in the entire universe is slavery to sin. I have been there. I know what that bondage feels like. I know the destruction that it causes in the lives of those who are in bondage to it in all its various forms. Until we know the Lord, we are just puppets on a string and the devil will use you however he chooses. Being a slave to sin and all those things that will bring harm and destruction on you and others and everyone that loves you, they're disastrous for you, not only in this life, but for all eternity. But through our identity with Jesus Christ, we are no longer slaves to sin. You are free. That's the next point. It says we are freed from sin. You are justified. You are acquitted. You are not just released from the power of sin. We're released from the guilt of sin. No condemnation. It's all paid for. It's all overpaid for. We have a clear conscience to stand before an almighty and holy God. To run boldly in, right into his office. To receive grace, to find favor and mercy in the time of need. Now, Jesus' righteousness is our righteousness. And you have to see that. The Lord did me a wonderful blessing when He gave me that vision, that beautiful dream. When I was standing there in that courtroom, knowing... How guilty I was. Knowing that I was condemned. Knowing that I had, they had every right to have me there. And that I deserved the, the penalty that was about to come on me. And I knew it was death. And having spent a lot of years for a 10 year period. Working in and around the court system. And sitting in the courtroom through 
hundreds of trials and seeing people receive the death penalty and all sorts of terrible things. I knew what was going on. But then I looked to my right and there was Jesus standing at my right side. And he was facing forward. So beautiful and so proud and strong. And then I looked back ahead of me and there was no judge. There was no jury. There was no prosecutor. There were no witnesses. There was no jury. No one to accuse me. Because my advocate, the greatest attorney in the universe, was there for me. And I was guilty as could be, but free as a bird because I had accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And I wanted so desperately to go with him right then. But he just turned and walked through the, the wall with me pleading with him. But I was free. I was free. And that's exactly how you need to believe. In verse 8, it says that we will live with Christ. This is amazing. This this is a fact that is mind-blowing. We will share His eternal resurrection because of what He's done. Now, let's look at verses 11 through 15. There's five points here on the the how-to. And I know that I don't like to even say the how-to because it's such a... It's such a, a battle in the body and doctrine-wise about the, uh, legalism and and faith and the so forth and so on and whatever. But I, I don't care. I, I'm going to tell you like God said. And there's a relationship. There's a part for us to play. God put all of these spiritual and natural laws in place way before we ever came to this earth. And there's a part for us to play to participate in His program. Amen? Amen. So our part in the relationship is talked about in these verses here. First of all, it says to count yourself dead, doesn't it? To reckon yourself dead, to to believe it. The Bible says it, so it's true. You have to say that. You have to know that. You have to talk about yourself being dead. I'm not talking about being I'm sick and I told you to throw that list away. I'm talking about that old man, that old rebel, that old sin nature, that old dead, spiritually dead man is gone. Dead and gone. Paul said it like this in Galatians 2.20. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Paul thought this way. 
Paul taught this way, and we need to do the same thing. Amen? Amen. The next two points are negatives, and they're important. Do not let sin reign in your body, and do not offer the parts of your body to sin. Isn't that what it says? These are important in this this overall picture of our part to play because before before we entered into the true Christian life as real believers, we couldn't help yielding ourselves to sin. We, We couldn't help yielding our bodies to sin, our minds to sin, the parts of our bodies to sin. But now you have a choice. No matter how, what a super saint you are, you might be 50 times better than me in your daily walk with the Lord, but you still have the ability to sin with the best of them, don't you? It's a choice. There is a power that is within you now that's greater than sin. That's the good news, folks. That's the grace of God. Not the, uh, the, the, not a license to sin, but the fact that you've been given the power to defeat sin. You've been liberated. You've been justified. But you still have to exercise your free will. You have to refuse to yield to the devil. You have to say... I am living Jesus' life. The life that was cut short for my sake, I'm completing now. He am living through me in this life. I heard a story one time about a young minister who had a an elderly woman in his congregation who just was one of those wonderful members that you just always need and sort of like just all of you but I don't know how I've been so blessed with such a wonderful church family like this but just a wonderful godly woman she was elderly and you know the type you need in the church the Bible talks all about how the older women are supposed to teach the younger women how to do everything right you know how to love their husbands how to take care of their children and their homes and all this stuff and the same thing goes for the the elderly men you know but anyway he had one of those women and he just and she was just pure and holy and loved the lord and was just her faith was just strong as as horseradish you know and he asked her one time he said how how have you achieved such great success in your Christian life? And she says, oh, that's easy, son. said, when Satan knocks on the door, I just let Jesus answer. (laughs) (laughs) And Satan knows when you're serious. Believe me on this. Satan knows you about as well as you do. You have familiar spirits, and I'm not trying to scare anybody, but there are angels in this room that are here on God's behalf. Amen. You have angels. There are also demonic or fallen angels, demons, that are here too. 
they have no they can't touch us they have nothing in us and they're prevented from interfering with this service amen Amen. but they do know you that's the ones that people talk to when you see these uh these famous i don't even know if you see them around anymore you see them quite often i won't name any names but they would talk they would call themselves uh, believers even these 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 uh, spiritualists they weren't they are not and they would talk to what they called the dead sometimes for people and people you know when you love and miss uh, someone very much who's gone on you uh, you know people want to talk to them and when you don't know the Lord and you don't know that God is uh, very very opposed to this sort of thing uh, they'll do it and then next thing you know it's almost like it was proven to them that it worked because this person will be saying things that only that person knew you see He'll be saying things that make them laugh, this other, the living laugh, and just joke about things that happen, and they'll be, oh my gosh, I talked to so-and-so today. You know who they were talking to? His familiar spirit, a demon, that's looking for access into their lives. That's why people think, oh, it's, that's my horoscope, it ain't hurt nothing, man, it's just for fun. You know, oh, it's just, it's just uh, pretending, you know, to be witches and, and this and that and the other. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that, you know, there's a story, if you ever see it on a line, it's quite lengthy. And uh, the one I saw was translated from Spanish, but it's called Angelica's Testimony. And uh, you can take it for what it's worth, but it's the story, testimony of a girl who, who, uh, for a period of several days, was taken um, uh, into heaven and shown heaven and shown hell, and and then she was brought back into her body. And she's a powerful minister down in South America now. She was raised Catholic before that, but now she's a, a spirit-filled evangelist down in South America, doing great works. The last that I heard, uh, but she said when she was in. And when she, the Lord took her and showed her hell, uh, she saw, she named some names of some very prominent uh, entertainers that we, you would know the names of, and uh, even some uh, religious figures. I'm not going to get into all of that right now. You can watch it if you want. Uh, but she also said that there were demons down there, and like these uh, Pokemon. Uh, so they were dancing, they were doing the same songs and, and some of the same things. And then, then like that thriller uh, uh, video from uh, uh, Michael Jackson, that, that was all going on. These demons were all into all that. And all that was demonic influence. And that's one of the things that he showed her about the children and the influence that was going into these young children. And, and, and describe... As uh, as an uh, like as an angel of light, you know what I mean, like like good things, like you know, disguised as 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 things that were harmless and and good, but they really were having a demonic impact on people. You see, and so the Bible is is clear on that, and 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 uh, and it, 
Anyway, we have power now. When Satan knocks at the door, we just say no. We just let Jesus answer it. And like I said, he knows if you're serious, if you, if, um, if he knows that uh, your faith has gotten to the point where you can go five minutes, and then he'll go six. He's watching you. And I don't mean to scare you or get you to see a devil on, a demon on every doorknob. I just want you to be aware that you need to keep your mind stayed on the Lord and just always give the God response. And once he knows that, that when I start bothering this guy, he's going to start praising God. I, and he don't want that. He don't want that. That terrifies those demons and the devil. You know why? God inhabits the praise of his people. When you start speaking the word and praising God in the midst of your trials and situations and circumstances, then the angels of God are empowered legally to go to work on your behalf. You see? Oh, he's just confirming that. I'm just telling you. This is the importance of this. So, this is your opportunity. You have to strengthen your free will by exercising it in this way. And it's important. Don't think that you don't need to because when you didn't walk this way, when you didn't walk and live by faith and by the Word of God, your free will was weakened by that old sin nature. And so by saying no to sin and no to Satan, you'll begin to strengthen that free will, strengthen those faith muscles, and you will begin to see much more victory in your Christian life. Amen? Now, I'm going to finish up four points four and five. Offer yourself to God. Isn't that what it says? You can't remain... Independent in this. We're still on our part to play, okay? So, now it says that we have to offer ourselves to God. You can't stay on the fence. Remember I told you that the fence belongs to the devil. I used to talk, I used to really blast the mealy mouth fence-sitting pastors and and teachers and then they all stopped inviting me to their conferences to minister <laughs> you can't be a free agent in this though I'm telling you you have an active part to play you can't be a fence sitter you can't you can't be an independent free agent and stay free from Satan I call it the popcorn eaters because you know what the uh, like you get those emojis these days and like when people see a battle, uh, when somebody getting into some strife, like on social media or something, and one one disagrees with another one, and then they start going back and forth, and then someone will post that that popcorn eater, you know, like I'm just watching this, I'm a, I'm just watching this. You can't be a, one of those popcorn eaters. You can't just be a watcher, a fence sitter, because the, you know what, the popcorn eaters, they're in the battle too, whether they know it or not. And their refusal to admit it is just going to guarantee their defeat. The devil does nothing more than for you to be complacent and just say, that. well, I'm just middle of the road. 
I'm for everybody. I'm on all sides. You know, okay, you're on the devil's side. That's the fence. And the fence belongs to him. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Paul, this is a scripture I talk about all the time, so I, I thought I would quote it accurately for you today because I paraphrase a lot. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Paul says, Therefore, I urge you, I beseech you, brethren, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. A reasonable response, it says in the King James, I think. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to approve what God's will is. You'll be able to discern. You'll be able to understand. God's ways are not uh, uncomprehendable. His secret was Jesus. And He's been revealed to us now. And He's in us. And you are in Him. And you need to identify as Christ. That's what... Christians mean little Christ. Jesus said he was the first of many brethren, the first of many brothers and sisters. He was the seed that brought up the family of God, and we're all supposed to be like him. We are being transformed into his image. Faith to faith to faith, you see. And really, Mr. Randy, if you stay in the word like you are, you're being transformed effortlessly. It's a lot better and a lot quicker if you apply a little effort. But just being immersed, you know, they say the best way to learn a foreign language is just to go somewhere where they don't speak anything else. Just be full immersion. And I did that with this word for... Or three and a half years. And that was my first Bible college. Me and the Lord. Because I said, I'm not doing it unless you teach me. And he said, okay. And I was like, did I hear you right? <laughs> yes. You're a living sacrifice now to God. If you call yourself His. All you have. All that you do, every part of your body, they're all for His glory now. And then, then, finally, the good news, the, the final point, you see. The promise, this glorious promise, this amazing promise of God that sin shall not have Dominion over you. Sin shall not be your master. No control over you. You can say no to the devil and laugh in his face and don't worry if you're going to break down and give in. He has no power, no authority unless you give it to him. And now God has given you, he's removed that sin nature. When we were born, believe it or not, we had a sin nature. We were children of the devil. That's why people said the devil made me do it. And you say, yeah, you're right. You need Jesus. 
But once they have Jesus, nothing compelling them to sin anymore. It's your free will. And you can exercise that and strengthen that until you have nothing to worry about. You'll be just like Smith Wigglesworth when he woke up in the night and and trimmed his lamp and somebody at the foot of his bed, it was Satan. He said, oh, it's just you. Blew out the lamp and went back to sleep. You see? He had nothing in him. He wasn't scared of him. He couldn't touch him because he hadn't given him any legal right, no authority, because we're the ones with the rights. We're the ones with the privileges. We're the ones with the authority. And the result, the result is we'll be set free from the power of sin. Which means we'll be set free from all the shame, all the degradation, the agony that sin brings with it. You'll be free of Satan and alive and free to serve the living and powerful and fun and life-giving God of love and light. You will have entered that rest that we are called to enter into, to struggle to enter into. Isn't that funny? Now you see the struggle because there's a little effort on our part. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 4.11 says, Let us therefore... I always say find out what the therefore is, but listen, I've been talking about what the therefore... In this particular case, he's talking about the Hebrews who made the mistake of not living a life of faith and trusting and believing in God. And it cost them 40 years in the wilderness until that generation died out. But it said, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Matthew eleven twenty eight, and I'm finished. Verse 28 through 30. Jesus said, come unto me, All ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I just want to pray for you right now. If there's anyone here or anyone who ever hears this message, you can participate just like we are right here in this room today. Who just says, you know, I might have... I know this is all true. I know that I believe it. And this is my will to enter into God's will for my life and to identify with Christ Jesus. I believe that he died for me on the cross and that I was right there with him on the cross and that I am free of the power of sin. I am redeemed. I am justified. 
and sin will have no dominion over me. And I want you, Lord, to help me to practice this and to strengthen my free will, my resolve to serve you and to live a life of love and laughter and power and victory and purity in you, knowing that your way is perfect and that there's nothing in this world that is better than you and that you want everything you want from me is greater than anything I could ever obtain in my own strength and power. And I'm laying it all at your feet. I'm casting all my cares upon you. If that's your prayer, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. I'm just praying for you right now. Just just raise your hand as an act of faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Help them. Help us all, Lord. I'm raising my hand. I want this for myself. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all these beautiful believers, your children. Thank you for entrusting me with imparting your word, your truth to them. Thank you, Lord, that we will all receive it. And that we will not allow the enemy to steal these truths from us. Thank you, Lord, that we will begin to walk in greater measure of faith. That you will strengthen us as we go in our resolve. And that the enemy will begin to see that these are not people to mess with. Because every time he tries, they're just going to proclaim your promises and your truth and your victory and your blessings louder and louder in his face until he runs from them. Your promises, if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. And we claim that promise now. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you've accomplished through your death, burial, and resurrection, and enthronement. And we believe that we are seated with you now in heavenly places. Help us, Lord, to walk out this new life in us here in this earth. In the brief time that we have here, take what's left of our lives and use it for your glory, Lord. And we know it's going to be wonderful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.